Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome in to episode 278 of the Source Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network, presented by Justice Dental. Today's show is a fun one, as always, featuring a brand new special guest. Well, he's a friend of the show, but a special guest for this kind of recruiting cycle. We always love him. He's the best in the business, recruiting insider Travis Branham of 247 Sports. But before we get started with that, a quick message from our friends at Justice Dental. Sources Say is presented by the great team at Justice Dental. Visit one of their two Lexington locations by scheduling an appointment online at justadental.com or by calling or texting 859-543-0700. Dr. Thompson, Dr. Justice, and their team strive to provide you the best service in the world as always. Travis, appreciate you coming on, brother. Of course, brother. I'm very impressed with that commercial you just did. I, well, wish we got, I, had, I don't have those skills, so I'm, I'm taking we got like four. We got like four. We have, we have friends uh, in, in high and low. <laughs> we, we, we're just getting started here. Um, a very busy time of year. We appreciate you taking the time to meet with us. The recruiting period has begun. Coaches are going all over the place. I'm sure you'll be breaking news as the show's going on. That's why you are the best in the business of what you do. But uh, we have some housekeeping things to take care of beforehand. Everybody wants to know, Big Z, what's the latest with him? Uh, we've kind of reached a like stalemate with this. It's, it's Things have gotten eerily quiet, and I don't think that's a good thing. What do you know about the situation, Travis Brown? Um, to be honest, at this point, I, I'm not banging on him being on this roster next year. I think it's a very long shot bet. Um, as you've very well covered at this point, there's been uh, a lot going on behind the scenes. I do think there's probably more behind the scenes than we all know. Uh, and so um, it's not a clean, cut, and dry reason, or it's not as clean and cut and dry as to why he's not coming. Um, again, maybe they, they connect on a Hail Mary and he does end up at Kentucky Bat at this point. Um, won't disclose all the details of it, but uh, I, at this point I'd be shocked if he actually ends up here. Yeah, it, it's, it's been frustrating because it did, it, the path did seem so clear and then uh, as the details started to emerge and the, uh, the, the waters became uh, quite muddied, uh, it felt like every day that passed, we kind of hit a point where it was yeah. like, you know, it, it, it needs to either happen like right now or he's not going to. So what would be the next step if this doesn't unfold the way Kentucky fans are hoping? What, what would be the next step for Big Z? Would he go elsewhere in college basketball? Would he just stick in, you know, stay overseas and go to the draft next season? What, what would be the uh, step two of this? Yeah, I think he'll try to go to college. I genuinely do believe that. Now, well, will he actually uh, be able to? Again, get through the admissions process and actually get admitted somewhere. To me, that's going to be the biggest question. 
Um, the one team I think you have brought them up at this point, DePaul is the, the team being rumored the most behind the scenes um, at trying to get him on their campus if this does indeed fall through. But again, I think he will try, just as we're seeing, and it's obviously becoming overwhelmingly evident. These international kids now want to come play in the United States due to NIL. Um, so to me, he's going to give it a shot, uh, but there's still so much more to play out. If he if it doesn't happen here, there's still going to be a long road ahead for him to get enrolled in somewhere else. I was going to say, like, what, what type of hurdles do we have to clear with it being three, four weeks into a semester now? You're talking it's September. That's, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, DePaul is a private school, so I admittedly, and I went to Kentucky, so I'm a lot more familiar with the Kentucky admissions process. Um, so I would imagine maybe it's even harder at a school like DePaul. Um, but yeah, you're still going to have to jump through hurdles in terms of um, getting out of Croatia, getting out of uh, the, the team he has been with, and then also the admissions process. So you got a two point hurdle there to, to kind of get enrolled whether it's DePaul or anywhere else in the country. And you mentioned the international prospects wanting to come here and have to play college basketball for NIL, but does a situation like this damage Kentucky in that pool of recruiting? Is that something that can be used negatively? You think against Kentucky that they couldn't get a kid of this caliber in? In my opinion, knowing what's – I don't think it damages them in any regard. Um, now, will people probably try to use it against them? Of course they will. But – to be honest, I, I think at that point, they're just kind of making stuff up, trying to just, again, Kentucky always has an upper hand. So you're always going to be trying to kind of weasel a way around to, to wedge your way in between a player and Kentucky. Um, so no, I don't think it dangers them. Obviously, it hurts from a, a PR perspective. A lot of fans are going to be really upset that he won't be coming. Um, obviously, they're going to be upset with the admissions, <laughs> the admissions offices we've seen. Oh, we man. saw them release a statement about last week. Um, but to be honest, no, it, it would just be an unfortunate thing. And the way they kind of piece this roster together, especially with the addition of Trey Mitchell late in the season, and hopefully Aaron Bradshaw comes back healthy. To me, at the end of the day, it's a loss, but not as big of a loss. You have all the pieces there to try to fill that void that you'd be leaving. And the frustrating part on Ibiza's side is, uh, and part of the reason why we're even here, the, the easy solution would be just retake the test, kid. Like, the, if, if you're not, if you don't have the qualifications as of today, why not just retake it? The issue is other schools behind the scenes are saying, well, don't retake it. We can get you in tomorrow. How accurate is that? You know, how much of that is a recruiting tool that they're using to try to get a you know high potential guy who could be a uh, high level draft pick next season? It, you know, it's, it's recruiting. It's it's, po it's politics. It's it, so that's the the frustrating part of this, where I think Avisa just kind of just hit his own wall with this, where it's like, well, you know, I've done this twice. I've tried two different paths. I personally think that I've done enough to get into the University of Kentucky, which has a ninety five percent admissions rate. Me personally, I you know I got 25 on my ACT. I'm not a, a whiz kid. I you know I did just fine. I know you you were smarter than me. Oh no, I do, brother. My GPA uh, was <laughs> atrocious in high school. My ACT was actually lower than that. So no. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I would, I'm not I would as not intelligent as you actually think. I am. But it, that, <laughs> I'm a fraud. That's that's the frustrating part. Is why are they choosing this specific situation to dig their heels in and say we're not doing this, but. Unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get that clarity. I think it's going to be a, a statement released one way or the other. As you said, hopefully a Hail Mary is thrown. Uh, and we luck into this at the last hour. But as we said last week, as the days creep on, we're kind of hitting a point where it's, it's the point of no return. So yeah. uh, it's frustrating. You said kind of what next steps would be for Kentucky from a you know, Trey Mitchell side, from a hopefully Aaron Bradshaw gets back on, on the court as soon as possible. Um, where does Santo Zero fit into this? Is that something that Kentucky could reevaluate as a January uh, addition? They met with him today, and we'll talk about you know John Calipari is hitting the recruiting trail hard. Uh, went to uh, Italy, he's in Atlanta today. Went to um, uh, see overtime elite uh, Carter Knox in Santo Zero. Is that something that John Calipari would like to readdress? I mean, potentially, but I think he's pretty set for the most part on staying in 2024 or else he would have done this back in the summer when this was a really hot topic, and he really just said, I'm going to stay in the 2024 class. Um, now, of course, they can revisit and make a strong push and say, hey, we really need you this year. Um, but to be honest, based on what I saw out of Somto this year, I think he needs another year in high school. He, he's got a long way to go. He's obviously physically, 
he's ready. And he could come into practice and give these guys, put these guys through some serious work. But from a skill perspective, a feel for the game perspective, he's still got a long way to go. He absolutely needs a full year. Um, now, I guess, again, if you really need another body, which admittedly, I don't know if they need another body at this point, unless Aaron is really going to be out for a very long time, um, which again, that gauging that situation has not been easy. A lot of, lot of bad information, or I shouldn't say bad information, just conflicting information going around right now uh, and throughout the whole time, going back to even May when this stuff started kind of coming out and leaking. Um, so yeah, they could, they could revisit it, but to be honest, if they were to bring him in, I wouldn't envision him being a massive impact other than just adding depth to your depth chart and just having another body in practice. Yeah, and, and two, the, the thing to me that can be looked at positively, like if he doesn't make it to Kentucky, then you at least got to see what this team looks like in Toronto with Trey Mitchell at the five. How much confidence should that give Kentucky fans that they've seen these guys in action, minus Ugo and Bradshaw? Yeah. They, they saw them play well together. How can not... I forget Ugo? I'm <laughs> saying you're talking about the bigs and I forget about Ugo. Um, He's kind of a mystery too, though, right? He is a mystery. I mean, to be honest, what I saw with them – on that trip to Canada, I was actually really impressed with how they looked. And what honestly really impressed me was, was how Cal was playing with this team. Mm -hmm. It was a lot more spaced out, a lot more shots on the perimeter, a lot more free-flowing than what we saw last year and the seasons prior. Um, so to me, have, seeing Trey in that style of system coming here, I was a little concerned. If they're going to stick with it the way they've played, historically, Cal hasn't had a lot of skilled big men. Uh, that can dribble, pass, shoot, step out onto the perimeter. But Trey, with the way they played in Canada, he fits. And obviously, the biggest thing he's going to provide for this team is just the experience value. Um, it's an extremely young team. It's going to be, for the most part, led by the freshmen with DJ Wagner. If Aaron Bradshaw ends up coming back, um, Rob Dillingham, obviously, Justin Edwards especially. Um, Antonio Reeves and Trey Mitchell are going to have a lot of influence on those guys. And so that experience with how they kind of operate in, in that team uh, chemistry is going to be extremely valuable and an extremely important thing to monitor. One more thing on Trey. When transfers come here, they, sometimes they have to take a step back. Reed Travis, others that have, that have been in this program, maybe with him, is it a situation where maybe he does more, shows more to his game? Did you see something? from him in, in Toronto that maybe you didn't see at other stops in college basketball? I personally think he'll have to take a step up. This team is going to need, again, that experience that he has on the court, with, especially with the aging process that we've seen across the entire college basketball landscape with this transfer portal and everybody having these COVID years. You have to have that on the floor. Um, and so also not only him, but Antonio Reeves, knowing how Cal coaches, the way he wants to defend, um, the terminology that he uses, um, all that stuff is going to be super important. So Trey, I think we'll have to take a step up and, and really be a leader out on the court for those guys, especially when adversity comes when SEC play rolls around. Um, those bi-weekly games can get extremely difficult, and you can really uh, see some kids, especially always, I'll always reiterate, freshmen, struggling with their confidence. And that's where you have to have a guy like Trey Mitchell who's been there, done that, to step in, kind of show him the way, but also fill those voids where others are slacking. He can, he will have to step up, and his skill set kind of plays into that, and is going to be, I think, very valuable for Kentucky. So we spent a lot of time both privately and on this show. You, we, we had you on last year talking about uh, the 2023 class, how as a, a collective group it, it was underwhelming. Uh, we had our, our concerns about this upcoming team, but seeing them in Toronto and the, the fit alongside one another and the chemistry that they've developed kind of, I think, uh, beat some of those early adversities and, and maybe um, get them a, a bigger head start than we were may, maybe anticipating. 2024 class, completely different story from a talent perspective. We've been outspoken about it being a, a weaker class overall. Some uh, recent additions from a reclass perspective that have helped, but still uh, overall not the best class in the world. If you're John Calipari, how do you navigate those waters? How, how do you go about you know going after Cardinals, going after Jaden Quaints, going after different guys while also knowing that you know you might have to hit on a reclass, you might have to go at an international big. What what do you do if you're John Calipari? <laughs> That's the question, and honestly, um, I don't know because. It, it, like you said, it's a very weak class, and you don't want to go after and take five players in a, tw in a class of, like, 2024, which 
many of them aren't equipped to make a day one impact at a program like Kentucky, to be honest with you. Um, and that goes for many of the players in the top 15 even. Um, it's just an extremely weak class, so you got to be extremely calculated in how you're going to go about this. Um, to me, you're going to have to – I would prioritize the transfer portal and, and go ahead and gauge my roster for this season. Who am I going to lose? Okay, I'm going to need uh, – you're going to lose a Justin Edwards. So next year, probably want a really good wing. And honestly, in this 2024 class, based on who they're targeting, you're just going to probably let them slide off, and you're going to wait for that. Now, Jane Quainton's type of situation, that could be one. He's going to be here for two years regardless, unless he opts to do a hybrid thing where he goes to college for a year and then goes pro for a second year. Um, that, would, to me, would be worth it. Um, the guards in the class, it's extremely weak guard class. Uh, and so, to me, you're going to be losing DJ Wagner, probably loser Rob Dillingham, likely going to lose Antonio Reeves. This may even be his last year of eligibility, so he's definitely gone. Um, so to me, maybe you take just one guard. So to me, I would probably play this as a small high school class. I'm going to take maybe two, three guys, and then I'm going to wait for that transfer portal because I know that's where the most bang for my buck is going to be coming from. And then, like you said, an international class, Kentucky, with what they've done with Ivicic, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name. Um, they're, they're showing that, hey, we're more open-minded to this transfer or to the international route than we have previously been. So let's see what else is out there and see if we can find something more and bigger uh, than what we have seen year after year in this 24 class. Because we've evaluated these guys for a very long time. And you always wait for the guys to kind of bloom late. And that's where and we've seen that happen with a couple guys like a Jalil Bethea, a VJ Edgecombe. Uh, but at this point, those kids are so deep in their recruitments, I don't think you're really getting involved there. So it's kind of the talent is kind of dried up, whereas in 2023 or 2022, you would see other guys rise to the top and be like, okay, we can really get in there like a Nick Smith happened. Um, that's just not happening in 24. So to me, keep it small in the high school class. Let's kind of cast our net in the transfer portal more and then also in the international market. As far as recruiting model to follow, at one point it was one and done, one and done at this program. Do you think now it's with the portal, and, and high school recruiting and everything, that it's more of a flexible thing that Kentucky and some of these programs need to approach it as a year-to-year -year basis, like yeah, kind of blend you what you need to. to do? I think that's the only strategy you can go with at this point. The, you have to treat it as like a, you're the GM of an NBA team at this point, and we're seeing the, those GM jobs pop up everywhere. And so you have to get good early evaluations of these high school players. Um, not maybe not so much as their sophomores like we're seeing with this 26 class that's not so much priority but while they're juniors you need to have a great great uh kind of judge and feel for what's happening there what is that talent pool like who could we possibly even have a legitimate shot at when you're kentucky you pretty much have a shot at everybody um, but you need to go ahead and get that feel so when that 24 type class comes around we know hey we're only going to take two or three guys in this class at best if we miss, screw it. We're moving on to the transfer portal because we know that's where the biggest bang for our buck is going to be coming from. So it's really roster management, but you're calculating it years and years in advance, or not years and years, but yeah. at least two years in advance, you know what you're going to be coming up on. So it's pretty clear that if there is going to be a, a pretty you know pretty substantial home run hit for John Calipari in this 24 class, it's going to be Jaden Quaintance from a potential standpoint from a, a, a college dominant standpoint I feel like he's the only guy that you could immediately step put in from day one and say okay that guy can be a star at the collegiate mm -hmm. level how important is it to land Jade acquaintance and, and what backstory do you know on his recruitment and could John Calipari land him? Kentucky can definitely land him I think that's going to be a two-man race or maybe I should say three-man race Kentucky Missouri and you're going to probably have to fight off the G League United um, from a importance perspective he's important i wouldn't say he's the end all be all for this class just because he's only 16 years old so when he steps on campus he's going to be 17. that's so young last time we had that was devin booker and obviously devin turned out extremely how'd that work well. out he how'd turned out extremely out? well <laughs> but he was also of age to kind of be a one and done whatever it doesn't matter he was a little older than what jane is, would be coming into college jane has a lot of maturing to do on the court mm -hmm. if you watch him a lot I saw him probably five, six times this spring and summer, and I've spoken extensively uh, about him with our team at 24-7 of 
out of those five towns, three, like you said, dominant. And there's very few people more physically gifted than him in all of high school basketball. I mean, he is an absolute specimen. But when you see those other two times, he's got a long way to go, just a lot of maturing to do to become more consistent, productive, and ready for that collegiate jump. Um, so, again, I say that to basically say when he's a freshman in college, he might not be ready to be heavily relied on. Um, and to come into a situation like Kentucky where you're going to be losing a lot and a lot of people with his highly being highly ranked, it's going to be a lot of pressure on a 17-year-old kid who's going to be here for two years. That's a lot of adversity that you're going to have to handle and face. So um, I'll be very curious. Like maybe my answer changes by the end of the season and December, January rolls around after we're watching him at overtime elite and that league guy he'll be playing in. Maybe we're like, no, this kid is an absolute priority. But as of right now, he's important. But I wouldn't say he's the end all be all. And a lot of things, too, with this recruiting is how many guys are possibly coming back from the current roster. And this feels like a roster that has some guys that, that should, but mm -hmm. we also know that you never depend on that, right? Yeah. Like in today's game. Uh, to me, just having followed these kids for yeah. so long, you're Justin Edwards, he's gone. gone. Kid will be a top five pick. DJ Wagner, he's gone. It may, he may crack the lottery in my opinion, um, but he's for sure gone. Rob Dillingham, I would probably count as gone. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back, but as of entering college, I'd probably see him uh, just going at the one-and-done route, whether he's projected as an early second rounder and get an early promise or something, or maybe he cracks that first round. Reed Shepard coming back. Uh, Uganda Kingsley, in my opinion, coming back unless we see him hit the transfer portal again. Um, Aaron Bradshaw, gone. So that's four or five guys that you can count on being gone, obviously. Antonio Reeves. Um, so you can, to be honest, it's probably easier to gauge who's coming back in terms of it's going to be Reed Shepard, more than likely Ugana Kingsley. Um, help me out here. How do you view a, I might be how do you missing. View a, how do you view an Aduthiero and, and his – He'll be coming back. Yeah. Like he's one that – he's going to stay in this program, and, in my opinion, and, and continue to develop and, and on this trajectory. And is that something that you've seen maybe from Cal? Like he added him late in the spring mm -hmm. a year ago, then he goes and gets Jordan Burks, he gets Joey Hart. Joey Hart. Is, is that encouraging maybe from a roster construction standpoint of the way the game is now that you try to fill out maybe scholarship 10, 11, 12 with maybe some more longer-term pieces that realistically should stick around? Yeah, oh – I'm a big advocate, especially at a program like Kentucky. Those 10, 11, 12 spots are very important. Um, those guys can really set a tone for how your culture is, how your locker room is. And you want guys in those positions that are going to go hard and practice, and they just love to put on that jersey and go out there and represent Kentucky night in and night out because you want continuity. You want those four-year guys there. When I was at Kentucky, we had that. E.J. Florial, people can't, you can't speak highly enough. You had uh, Derek Willis. Uh, Marcus Lee was there for a long time. You had a bunch of guys that really, Dominique Hawkins, can't say enough about that kid and what he meant to that program. Um, so those guys are extremely valuable. They're happy putting on that jersey. They're going to go out there, work their tail off, um, and they provide a roster continuity that also uh, kind of builds the team morale, the team chemistry over time. Um, so those guys are always extremely important. So uh, in terms of him adding those guys, like a do theory, I see as being potentially very valuable to this program, especially come next season, uh, especially with the way he's developed his body, uh, the way he defends. Uh, he can continue to get better on the offensive end of the floor. I think we saw that in Canada. He has continued to improve. Uh, but, yeah, those having those pieces there is definitely valuable. So, so Cal has to add a couple high school guys, no matter how bad the 24 <laughs> class is. you got to pick from that group. The, the group is what it is. Uh, and it's pretty clear that Billy Richmond is probably going to be one of those guys. Mm -hmm family history. Cal has been recruiting mm -hmm. him from day one, one of the first you know, high major offers that he received. Obviously Memphis is going to be in the picture. Uh, he's coming off an official visit to LSU. He has an absurd list. I don't think that he's even remotely considering that many schools, but it is what yeah. it is. It's the recruiting game. Um, do you, would you consider Kentucky the favorite for Billy Richmond? And, and, and who else would you kind of put in the conversation there for uh, watch Kentucky closely in that 24 class? I would, and personally Billy would be one of those that's the top of my board if I'm at Kentucky. Um, the way that kid impacts both sides of the basketball, he's a John Calipari type player. He's a dog of a defender. He's going to get out in transition. He can pass and he can slash. The one area he's not good at is shooting the basketball. Uh, 
he's capable, but certainly got a long ways to go. But a bit of a, a knuckleball. A little, little bit of a knuckleball. <laughs> <laughs> That's all but right. It's all right. The way he competes on both ends of the floor and how he impacts the game at such a high level defensively, I absolutely love him. I, I, I have been a huge advocate of his since I first saw him last December when I went to watch DJ and Aaron um, at a, in North Carolina, John Wall Invitational. And Billy honestly caught my eye more than either of them. Um, so to me, Billy, yes, I would say Kentucky's in the driver's seat there. Um, and one that I'm running that, he's a top my board. I, I'm, I want Billy Richmond all day. If you're also considering potential reclass guys, um, where would Darren Peterson fit into that? Would, would, is, is he a, a, a guy that you would put atop Kentucky's board? Do you, do you think that Kentucky has a significant shot? And, and should we be talking more of him as more of a 24 guy and somebody we should be kind of penciling in as a potential guy for John Calipari? I mean, no question. He'd be, he's yeah. an absolute no-brainer. When you talk about the best players in high school basketball, A.J. DeBance, Cooper Flagg, Cameron Boozer, Darren Peterson, he's right there. Um, so, if you were to reclass, it would be an interesting move. It would be the exact same what Jane Quaintance is doing. You'd have to play two years of college basketball, so that's something you're gonna have, we're going to have to be monitoring. Because he doesn't need another year of high school basketball. He absolutely dominates every time he steps on the floor. He's ready to make that leap to college physically, skill set, feel for the game, instincts. Everything is ready. Um, it's just a matter of do you want to get to that, I guess. I was saying this the other day. We got to start transitioning our thoughts from get to the NBA sooner mm -hmm. to just get to the NIL money sooner. That's, and to me, he, he'd be ready for that. Um, so yeah, certainly one that we can be talking about. Another one we should be talking about too. Caleb Wilson. He's coming on an official visit. He is of age to to make that reclass. 06 birthday, just like Cooper Flag. He can reclassify, be a one and done if he really wants to be. He has a ways to go developmentally to kind of make that jump. But to me, it wouldn't surprise me. Those four players I just said in terms of best high school basketball prospects, he's arguably number four and number five on my personal board. I think that highly of Caleb Wilson. Um, he's an extremely talented, skilled big man. can stretch the floor, put the ball on the deck, great passer, block shots, just does absolutely everything at the power forward spot. Um, so he's another one all on my own. He's one of those guys that it's always been about motor. And it, it was the same gripes that I personally had about Brandon Miller watching him play where it's like, gosh, he's, he has every physical tool you could dream of in a basketball player. But it's just like sometimes you just got to yep. kick him in the butt and say, come on, man, go ahead. And then that was part of the reason why I was so low on Brandon Miller. And then he gets to college and realize, we, we realize, well, he was just bored. Like Bring all, all, of, it, all right of it was there. just bored. Uh, he was out of boredom. So yeah. Caleb Wilson is another one of those guys for me where it's like, you know what? I'm going to stop caring as much about the motor stuff and just kind of trust those physical tools. Uh, per, one, agreed, one of my personal favorites in the class. W where would Kentucky stand on his list, do you think? Because every time I've talked to him, it's been blue blood, blue blood, blue blood. He's brilliant as a, as yeah. a kid. One of the best interviews I personally have had. 1,000%. Um, where, where does Kentucky have a shot? I mean, he's smarter than me already. and He's only <laughs> 16, 17 years old. But, um, yeah, I think that one's probably too soon to tell. He's only just starting to set up his visits and really dig into this recruiting process. He's got a lot of blue bloods in pursuit, so too soon to tell. But going back to our conversation earlier of, in terms of how do you peg this 24 board and how would you kind of strategize this, now if Caleb Wilson, Darren Peterson, these guys started classifying, now you're now that gross. I'm not – and maybe some of the other recruits on your 24 board, maybe they slide down the list and you're, now you're going to prioritize those type of guys, if that makes sense. And one thing you mentioned earlier, too, you are talking about the way Kentucky played at Global Gym and the style of play. How much do you think that that plays into what they do in recruiting moving forward, too, that this 23 class collection talent wasn't great, but the way it fits together at Kentucky, it just makes a ton of sense from what we've seen. Do you think that style of play maybe plays into what Cal does moving forward a little bit more? Um, I think it's probably too soon to answer that because um, is this new style of play going to stick? We've seen – or maybe just a global jam thing because when you get into uh, games against the SEC or um, playing Kansas or playing uh, Gonzaga and you're, these games are extremely tight, high, tightly contested battles, um, what does he revert to? Is he going to stick with the new stuff or is he going to go back to what he knows? Um, and so, yeah, to be honest, it, it's going to be a feel it. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation.
This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Feel it out thing. Uh, with this 24 class, I would envision it probably just same strategy um, and what you've always gone for. And then 25, maybe it starts to change and you adjust a little bit. I will say on that note, hearing some more backstory on the Flory Badunga recruitment and what happened with Kentucky there, maybe it's just kind of a spin after the fact of, you know, they lost on a guy and that the spin is, well, we didn't really want him. We kind of knew that Jaden Quaintance was reclassing and that's kind of a, a better fit. But there were fit conversations after the fact that Flory Badunga is Oscar Shibway, kind of, you know, maybe a better version of, it's hard to say a better version of Oscar Shibway, but kind of a, what Oscar does well, there's a chance that Flory could be even net next level of that, but very one-dimensional in what he brings to the table. Whereas if you get a guy like Jaden Quaintance and he matures the way you're, you hope that he does, that it would be a better fit in, in that, you know, what, what we saw at Global Jam, Jaden would fit that a lot better than Flory Badunga, but you know that that could also be spins up. But that, that's also just something that I heard uh, after the fact. Uh, Travis, talk to me about some of the the next guys in, in that twenty four class. Some of the you know Boogie Flans coming off a, an official visit to Kentucky. Um, Travis Perry, some of those you know, Carter Knox, even Cal was there today at OTE today. What do you do with ghost, guys like that, where you you like them but maybe not love them? Yeah, uh, you nailed it. Like not love. Um, I think, honestly, if they want them, they can probably get them. Uh, Boogie Flan was told his visit went absolutely great. I do believe Kentucky is the leader for that recruitment, going head-to-head probably with Indiana, who's the whole staff is flying in tonight. And this is Tuesday, September 12th, flying in tonight, um, probably trying to flip that back. Um, so do, if they want them, I think they can probably they'll probably get them. Uh, Carter Knox, that one's been a fluid situation, been a tough one to keep. Uh, a good gauge on where this thing is truly headed. Um, does Kentucky really want them? Are they going to make them a high priority or are they going to let uh, a school like maybe Louisville um, slide in and just, it is what it is? Um, yeah, I, it, that's where I would say gauging the 25 recruits will be very valuable. Um, is Caleb Wilson going to actually be tilting towards reclassifying? Is Darren Peterson going to be tilting towards reclassifying? Um, and do we have a legitimate shot at them? Can we actually get them? And is that worth passing on these other guys? And um, to me, if you let, uh, again, I would be, it's hard to say in, in the fall, but because uh, you haven't seen the high school season, I would say track the high school season, and then you can make your decision a little bit more clear then if you would rather just wait for the portal or, or whatnot. And again, that goes back to my philosophy of, I would personally probably keep it a small class. Take that what you will. I'd keep it a very small high school class at this moment and then hit the portal hard. Let's talk a little bit about how much more time do we have with you? I just don't, I don't want to. No, you're good, brother. Are we good? Are we good? Yeah, you're right. good. All right. We, we got we got plenty more to get to. I just didn't know how much uh, we, we were able to make, make happen. Um, 25 class. Everybody wants to know, does Kentucky have an actual, real, legit, <laughs> not just spin zone, not just, well, uh, they're, they're doing this for, for <laughs> optics. Can John Calipari land Cameron and Caden Boozer? And, and just so you know, on the drive over here, I got five people asked me that exact question. I wanted to ask that. <laughs> they don't believe it. No, uh, nobody actually truly believes it. I've said Kentucky has a real what shot. What do you think? I think Kentucky has a real shot. I think they're Sean? I, I think they do. I'll be the deferring opinion. I don't think they do. <laughs> I, I will say I've heard good things that a visit is in the works, and this is one of the first officials we've heard for both of them. And I, I think it's because I've heard such good things about the way they've prioritized Caden, not just going all in on camp. But, again, Duke will always be Duke. Carlos Boozer will always be Carlos I'm Boozer. not saying it's a guarantee to Duke, though. I'm not that's, saying that's that. That's fascinating. I, to me, this is going to be a race between Miami and Duke. Miami wow. is home. They've done a phenomenal job recruiting them already. They follow them everywhere around the country. Um, obviously, family's there, so there's a lot of proximity and comfort there. Kentucky, to me, no. Miami versus Duke is what the Boozer race will be. I tried, I tried guys. I'm sorry. I, you know, <laughs> sorry to burst the bubble. But, I'm sorry. Does it I mean, is, maybe I'm, I, I could be wrong, but I could be wrong. So what about some of those other 25s in that class? And I feel like we need to include AJ in, in that grouping. Of course. Um, uh, what about that? I personally believe UK is at the top of AJ's list. You know, I, I think 
I would personally pencil him in as a guy that Cal obviously wants to go all in on. And um, talent-wise, for my money, I think he's the best in the world right now at, at, at what he does. Um, what do you think of the rest of that 25 class, including AJ? It's a special class at the top. Um, AJ DeBansa, yeah, probably would be uh, number one player in that class, pending his reclassification, which we are all assuming is going to happen. Um, would Kentucky have a shot? I'd probably think so. It's, again, it's so early. Can't even contact the kids yet. They can contact you, but you can't contact them. Um, but that one's going to be the North Carolina's Duke. Um, Kentucky would probably assume UConn gets involved. Yeah. Being a Northeast kid um, right there in their backyard and with the way they've kind of handled uh, themselves winning the national championship and what they've done on the recruiting trail this past season, how they took that success on the court and taking it off the court, I would expect them to be a, a factor as well. So too soon to tell, but I would fully anticipate Kentucky's going to go all in trying to get AJ advanced. Terrence Clark connections, you know, a lot, a lot of this, a lot, yes. yeah, there, there, there are a lot of ties there. Um, it, it would it would make so much sense for John Calipari to just push everything in on that kid because he's he's generational talent, one of the best I've, I've personally seen with my own two eyes. Um, who else is, is Kentucky going to be strongly in the running for? You know, let's let's say Caleb Wilson reclasses to 24. What about everybody else? Who, you know, Malik Thomas, some of those guys. Who, who do you think Kentucky's going to be right there in the running for for 25? Uh, I would assume that they're going to be in the running for Malik Thomas. Would also bring in Darius Acuff yep. um, on campus here soon. Uh, I believe that's coming up. Yeah. Um, Darius Haycuff, really dynamic point guard, can fill it up at all three levels. Doesn't uh, like to big, defend. Big Blue Madness, uh, October okay. 14th. That's what, honestly, that's, mm -hmm. uh, but doesn't defend, but you can really play. Um, Malik Thomas, absolute bucket getter, trying to go through through my head on the top, top players in that 25 class. Um, I already told you about the boozers. There's so, um, there's so much movement, man. It's, yeah, it's almost it's, almost it's so early. Kentucky fair. historically hasn't been early recruiters. Mm. They've Cal doesn't like to offer kids early. They don't really put all their chips in early. Um, they kind of just wait and see and and really hit it hard once the spring and summer roll around and they're out on the recruiting trail at the EYBL or Adidas events every single weekend. Um, so it's really it's hard to gauge Kentucky this early unless they were to have a big change in recruiting strategy uh, this year. Uh, what about Tyron Stokes? What are the chances? Um, I've per personally heard that it could be some academic hurdles to potentially make that jump, but physically I think he's obviously uh, he going to be in position. He could play college yeah, basketball tomorrow. Right now, but um, – do you think he's a reclass guy, and where would Kentucky, obviously with the the, the proximity uh, reasons, I think Kentucky would have a real shot there? In the era of NIL, again, trying to change your philosophy, it would make a lot of sense for him to classify. He's physically everything. He's ready to make that jump again. It's going to come down to academics. Me personally, um, I'd probably bet he would be able to, to get in. To get in. Um, and then uh, – Kentucky, I would assume, is going to be running a Louisville native. Um, would be curious, does he actually want to come back home? Um, that's going to be a question. But, um, yeah, Kentucky's definitely – they were, I believe, out there yesterday, mm -hmm. Monday, to go see – Believe it was them to see. I know no, Louisville. I, I'm yeah, sorry. Louisville, wow, dang. I know Louisville was out there to see him yesterday. The not Kentucky. Uh, yes. I know Kentucky's on the docket. I just don't yeah. know if it was Monday. Uh, it was not Monday. They were not there yesterday. Yeah. Um, Sorry, get get a lot of For things. All the people that say Louisville's not table, doing but, their job, but yeah, people saying Louisville's um, not doing their job. They 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 he, made the trip. If I'm Kentucky, he's definitely at the top of my board in that 26 class. Him and AJ are clearly the one-two guys, and then it's going to be a filled-out process for the rest of that class. Um, to me, the next top player in 2026 is Brandon McCoy. He's a point guard out in Los Angeles, big-time player, um, but. If you're Kentucky, do you really need to dive in on, on him as a 2026 kid this early? So it's going to be a wait and see. But Tyron, AJ, those are no-brainers. You go ahead and get on them now, um, especially with him being from Louisville and just ride it out. How good do you think those two in particular can be together? And how much are you as a, a, you know evaluator watching that prolific team this year to see how they kind of mesh? The prolific team is going to be hard because they have so many yeah. players. It's not just you have AJ and Tyron. No, you got Zoom Diallo um, and like seven other top 40 kids on that team. 
Um, they're absolutely stacked. So it's going to be a, how do they all mesh? To me, if you were to put AJ and Tyron together, I think that's an awesome, awesome one-two punch at the three-four. Obviously, they don't like hearing that, but I mean, AJ can play the three, Tyron can play the four, but they're both honestly kind of positionless. AJ can really pass. He's got to work on his decision making a little bit, but in time, with how he sees and feels the game and his instincts and his skill set. It would not surprise me in time to see him be like, I'm comfortable putting the ball in his hands in a pinch if I need to um, and letting him go. And you'd have an extremely versatile, talented uh, kind of duo there. Um, one can score from all three levels. Tyron, uh, got to keep improving that long-range jumper. But he's also a really good passer. I, I think that's something that goes um, a bit underappreciated with him is for a 15-year-old, the way he sees the floor and gets other people involved off the live dribble, it's extremely impressive. Both guys would be ready to Especially play. Especially the, 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 I mean, he's a walking bowling ball. Like, the, yes. physically, he's just not fair. And then just to be as gifted as he does with all of the, the other stuff. That he, like, he doesn't need to be a great passer, but he just is. He is. Because he's really damn good. That's uh, That would be, for, for my money, the two guys that if, if I was in John Calipari's office, I'd say, do whatever it takes to get those yeah. two together. Be at every prolific game this year. Get those two together in that 25 class and just let everything else play out. The I'll, way I'll also say this, especially if they continue to play the way they played in Canada, I want versatility. I, that's me. I love versatility. I would go all in on those guys, and they would be able to – you'd have four out, one in, and just mm. play. Get up and down the court. Nobody – that's why I say they'd be the 3-4, but – if you play that style, you're not a three or a four. You're just on the perimeter and you're just playing basketball. It don't. It doesn't matter at that point. And that's what I would be all in. I think if you have those two on the court, you're going to be a hell of a team defensively. Um, and honestly, people are going to have a hard time keeping those guys in front. And you just get out and run people to death. Who is a, an under-the-radar kid that Kentucky might not be in on yet, but you think they should be? Any class, 24, 25, or 26. Assuming 24, it's too late. But Honestly, they've honest, they've kind of already hit it, and that's Patrick Gongba. I've been so high on Pat um, for a, going back to late May when I got to see team takeover um, down in Memphis. He dominated that weekend, absolutely dominated. Um, at the time, he was like ranked like 90. Mm -hmm. And after I saw him, I was like, guys, this kid's a player. He's he's a five-star talent. We currently got him like ranked 30th in the country, but that's going to be changing extraordinarily soon. Stay tuned to 24/7 Sports <laughs> for that. Uh, going to plug that. But um, yeah, to me, he was the guy in terms of he's that under-the-radar player that's gone underappreciated for a long time. And honestly, he was right there in front of us, playing with PVI, We've, playing with Team Takeover. We've seen him every single weekend, probably, um, and the way he's developed. I believe they're getting him on a visit here soon as well. September 29th. Okay. Um, and the way he impacts the game, if you look at a stat sheet, it's not the most impressive of things. Um, averages like 10 points a game, five, six rebounds. But the team he played on, the way he plays basketball, he's an extremely good passer for a big man. He put the ball in his hands. He can push the floor, um, makes great decisions with the basketball. He's also stretching the floor out to three. So that's the skill type of big man that, he would fit into the Trey Mitchell potential role mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So, under the radar guy, they've already hit it, and that is Patrick Gumbo. So, Pat or Jaden Quaintance? Whew, man. They're Assuming you have a, a real shot at both. And I think Kentucky. I do. I do think it's a real shot at both. Um, Pat Gumbo. The Gumbo sweepstakes is going to be Kentucky versus Duke, in my opinion. Um, Duke's PVI connections are very deep. Um, you have Jeremy Roach on roster now. You have Trevor Kills, and you have Darren Harris coming in next year in 2024 for Duke. Um, so they've had success in a long-standing history with that program. Um, so do you take both? That one, you'd, <laughs> you'd be hard-pressed to play them both together, in my opinion. Um, I think you had to, to play them both at the five. That's where they're both going to be best at. Um, who do you take? Man, that's a really tough question. I would say probably has to take acquaintance, more talent. It's going to be there for two years. Um, if he hits, 
He's gonna hit so it's big. It's like Demarcus Cousins you level if hit. You, if yeah. you end up passing on that, and he goes to Missouri and just torches you two Could times you in a season, potentially three if you play him in the SEC tournament, that would be really bad. And I think Patrick Gamba is gonna be really, really good. I think it's gonna impact winning at the collegiate level, um, at a high level. Um, but if you have to take one or two, you probably gotta go to Queens. Uh, a couple more before we get you out of here. Didn't get to ask you about the local kid, uh, Jasper Johnson. What, what do you what do you think about him? He also has a reclass yep. decision to make, age wise, able to make the jump, jump yep. academically. He is, uh, but the question is physically. He, he's thin, um, you know, wiry guard, kind of that that D'Lo mindset and approach to the game. But there's something to be said yeah. about him being a buck sixty. Yeah, um, from play perspective, this season, I couldn't have been more impressed with Jasper. I was a little concerned. Maybe not concerned is the word. I was very interested in the how he was going to play on the EYBL circuit, playing up on Team Thad for the 17s. And honestly, could have been a better fit. But the way Team Thad plays and the way he competed on both ends of the floor all season long for that team, his improvement in his jump shot, his peach jam numbers didn't back it up, but he shot the ball a lot better during the regular season. Um, from a physical perspective, yes, he has to get in shape. And it's not just get stronger. He actually has to get in shape. We uh, actually had somebody uh, out at Link yesterday watching him, and that was the one takeaway is Jasper has to get in shape. Um, and so the way he played, impressive. Kentucky should definitely be on him again, one of those Kentucky-type players. Kentucky, like homegrown players, that if he's a two-year guy, that's awesome. You need that continuity. He's got enough upside to tap into, and he's already a good enough player. Um, Personally, I don't know if he's going to do the reclass thing. As of right now, it sounds like he's probably more going to stick in 2025. Every but conversation we'll, I've had has been, yeah, no, 25, no, 25. Yeah, and so. The buzz is what it is. We'll see. We'll see by the end of the season. He's playing for Link Academy this year. Another stack team talking about, like, prolific prep. Link Academy's right there with them and Montbirds, all those guys. Um, going to be playing with a lot of different players out there, a lot of talent out on that team, on that roster. Uh, so how does he fit? How does he perform with those guys? And maybe it just comes at – maybe he outperforms like we saw him do this spring and summer. He's like, you know what, yeah, I'm ready to make that move to 2024. But maybe he's like, you know what, I need another year before doing that. You're doing my job for me talking about the, the talent at, at, at Link. We did not get to address Trey Johnson, who yeah. Kentucky is a finalist for. Um, you haven't heard a lot of buzz about Kentucky uh, in its chances as of late. Um, something to that, nothing to that, will they get a follow-up official uh, in the next month or two? I'd be sh I mean, maybe they do, but I don't really think that they're much of a contender at this point. Um, I think that ship sailed when KT Turner took that job at UT Arlington. Um, don't really have any deep ties to Texas like that. Um, so that one seems to be Baylor, Texas, and G League Ignite. Hmm. Well, this has been fun, man. I appreciate you coming on. We yep. ha we do have some some bills to pay, and I just you know we got got to hit those first. Come on, uh, I'm gonna be say, taking notes. So, Source Safe Podcast is brought to you by Andy Ludicky and MyPerfectFranchise.net. Andy is a franchise consultant as well as franchise owner, and helps people find franchises that fit their skill sets, financial requirements, time to commit, and more. His services are 100% free, and he is here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, you can learn more and contact Andy anytime at www.MyPerfectFranchise.net. Ned and Sean, our personal favor. We're rocking it right now. Bird dogs, they make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. I know, I know, you, I know, I know you like some, some sculpted, uh, sculpted we, looks. We should have brought him up. Bird dogs. I know. We, God, we, dude, we, we what do I got to do to one of these sponsorships? <laughs> I've been repping like all these other different brands. I won't mention who in respect to bird dogs, but man, you guys are rocking out. Well, uh, and sculpting, maybe, you look great, maybe, by the way. Maybe, great shape. Yeah, working, yeah, man. I appreciate that. Speaking of, you know, maybe who some of those competitors might be that you could be a fan of potentially, bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. They fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric 
tongue twister and also awesome fabric, by the way, that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Um, as you can see, we're wearing them. I wore uh, my bird dog's pants to play golf this past weekend. Comfortable, cool, just the, the absolute best. Go to birddogs.com slash KSR or enter promo code KSR for a free Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash KSR or promo code KSR for a Bird Dogs Hydro Flask style water bottle. You don't want to take your bird dogs off as I'm not, we promise you. Uh, and then finally, last but not least, certainly not least, our guys at game time, they're the absolute best uh, in the ticketing world. Talk uh, about a, a, an app that you can use that is as, as convenient and efficient oh, and, and, and yeah. user-friendly as imaginable. Yeah, straight to the point. You're in and out in five minutes. I mean, you've, you get your deals there. You can see your view from your seats. I've used Game Time. Actually, used Game Time again. I bought tickets to again, again Cincinnati Reds pushing for the playoffs. Hopefully, they play the Minnesota Twins. Definitely. Uh, did you get? Did you use the 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 the, the quick deal? Did you did you yes. get to use slot at the top and it pulls up? How how easy is it to to use that? You, you swipe and you got your seats. They're right there. I mean, it's the instant electric right there. Boom. How 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 much do you? love the the ability to see the seats from where you are uh, and how much does that you know impact your t ticketing purchases uh, significantly because i can pan the camera around and if i want to see my neighbors to the left or my neighbors to the right you can see exactly what it looks like if you're inside the stadium you shouldn't have to worry when you are buying tickets now isn't the time for guesswork with killer last minute deals all in prices views from your seats and the best price guarantee game time does all of the hard work for you they have deals on tickets right up until the start of the event even an hour after it starts it is the place to find last sec last minute deals find exclusive flash deals and sponsorship uh, sponsor deals on tickets for football basketball baseball uh, concerts comedy theater and more with zone deals you pick the section and game time picks the seats for an average of 18 percent savings and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference, Travis. I'm going to tell you. I hadn't heard of Game Time until you guys just did this little thing. I'm sold. What else? I mean, what else do you need to know other than taking the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time? Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code KSR for $20 off your first purchase so it fits perfectly for you because you didn't know this existed before that, which is a shame because it means you didn't listen to our, some of our pr previous shows. Caught you red handed, buddy. You better get on it. Uh, Specifically for this great account, redeem code KSR for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Travis Brandt, this was a blast, man. Appreciate Absolutely. You. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Well, where, where can fans find your work before we can chat? You can find me over at 247sports.com. Also, Twitter, uh, Travis Brandt underscore. Also, sorry, not Twitter, X, Travis Brandt underscore. And then uh, Instagram, Travis Brandt. 24-7. Sean, same with you. You can follow me on X at GBB Country. Find me on Twitter as well, at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email, jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for another jam-packed Source to Say podcast. We will see you there.
Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.